Congratulations, you made it to the XFL. You can sit back and relax, unpack your bags, and seriously send us all of your fleece to our P.O. box because we are mopping our hideouts every like four hours. And we hope you enjoy the show. Hey there, Mike, a.k.a. MTB Trigger here, and with me as always is my co-host Ronald, a.k.a. Eric. If you're brand new, welcome. This is an Escape from Tarkov podcast where we talk about all things EFT, and our goal is to get better at the game, and we hope you come along with us for that journey. We used to talk about all the different places and the things you can do to support, but it boils down to something pretty simple. You being here, you listening, you watching and simply rating the show on the platform you listen to this on, whether it's YouTube, Spotify, whatever, doing that is by far the best thing you can do for us. So thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. This week, we're going to talk about how we started this wipe, what we like about it, and uh, some of our early impressions of it. Of course, we've got some raid stories, and then whatever else we get into. As always, let's start with some stories. How's your week, Trigger? <laughs> well, well, my uh, my journey into Case Simulator has been going splendidly. I'm a full-blown addict. I posted the beginning of this, I think, a few days into the wipe, and I have now amassed four scab junk boxes, a med case, a food case, a couple ammo boxes, a magazine case, dog tag case, docs case. <laughs> I, dude, I, don't, I don't know what it is about putting stuff into cases in this game, but <laughs> like I get like 1.1 million rubles no matter how I get there. And I just, I'm like, hmm, is there another way that I could sort out barterable items? <laughs> so and I, I feel like I might end up with six scab junk boxes this wipe, but uh, yeah, yeah. Case, case simulator's going well, man. How, how, what game are you playing? Cause that's the one I'm in right now. You know, the more you talk about it, it doesn't make it any less of a problem. You realize that, right? Yeah, I'm I'm still in uh, uh, step one of whatever plan I need to join to to get out of this, but I don't think it's going to work in this game. So your case recovery program wipes every time the game does, I guess, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Back to step one. I'm doing pretty good. I actually just been doing a lot of scav runs and enjoying just making some money and slowly leveling. I'm not really in any hurry this wipe at all, kind of doing my thing and enjoying the game was trying to figure out if they had changed any of the early questing. It looks like they really haven't. Kind of doing the early raids again and had a couple of uh, fun experiences this week on Woods and on Shoreline. Definitely feeling the Scav AI bump that they did and then subsequently nerfed, and we'll get into some of that for sure. That's pretty much it. So uh, how was your week? Let's talk about some raids. Yeah, I've had, I mean, I've played a lot. I've done uh, a bunch of scav raids because i can kind of sneak those in throughout the day and was able to play quite a bit over the two weekends and been pretty free in the evening too so i've been pretty fortunate that i've had a fair amount of playtime uh both pmc and scav i'm just kind of thinking of the recent raids that i did and the last really the last like memorable one was on a quest that usually requires me to spend a tremendous amount of money and I got it done in one raid this time. I was doing the quest where you have to do the first cosplay task and put on the Untar 
helmet and vest and then take out 10 scavs, I think it is. And then you turn it, you have to mark the two trucks on shoreline, kill 10 scavs and turn in five of the, the brown MREs. And I got the quest and I was like, ugh, you know, and I'd been doing all the shoreline tasks. Like I did, you know, I marked the tanks and then I did eagle eye and I think this comes right after that. And I was just kind of like, I don't know, man, I don't know if I want to do this or not. And I'm like, well, I'll do one. I've got a suppressed ADAR that I'd kind of been building and upgrading over a few raids after I found a suppressor. So I decided to just say, okay, I'm going to go in with an ADAR and see if I can take out a bunch of scabs. And so I, I decided to load in after, you know, giving Peacekeeper my 600 USD or whatever it is to get the helmet and the vest, thinking like, oh boy, well, I'm going to end up buying, you know, three or four of these, insuring them, and then getting them all back later. But uh, I get in the raid, and I spawn in, and I'm, I spawn in at God Spawn, which is the best spawn for getting into resort. And the way I consider it, is that the southwest side of the map, or is it the northwest side of the map? It's a northeast. Oh, northeast. That's right. That's east. Um, so northeast spawn. And I'm like, oh, gosh, I don't want to go into resort. I don't really want to run all the way down to pier. So I end up running over to the the bridge and that little concrete bunker by one of the tanks that you have to mark. And as I get up over the hill, two scavs on the, on the scav rock, both sniper scavs, take both of them out in one shot, which is nice because scavs are brutal this wipe. And if you don't kill them, they can kind of be a nuisance. So I take those two out. There's another scav standing in the street right by the tank in that little dirt road. I take him out, run down there, get shot in the back by a PMC. So I run to the other side of that bunker, kill another scav there, and then I still hear shifting and there's actually a scav in the little bunker. So I back up a little bit, shoot that scav through the little slit window, and I already have five scav kills within the first couple minutes, but I have a PMC behind me. And I'm like, you know, I really don't want to mess with this because it was suppressed. It almost blacked my stomach on the one shot that they put into me. So I decided to just bail out and run over the hill and around that big rock and get over towards the swamp area and just hang out for a few minutes. So I get over there and then over on that north side of that swamp area, there was two scabs in the woods right there. Take them out. So now I'm sitting here like, okay, I'm at seven scab kills. I got to mark these two trucks. I only need three more scavs. So if I hang out for a while, I can, you know, maybe I'll kill scavs and come back in and do the marking. But then I thought, you know what? <laughs> it's just not that big of a deal. Why don't I just run back now? It's been, you know, four or five minutes. Hopefully that PMC is not still hanging out. So I decided to go back up to the resort, mark that truck. And then I went and hit the, the duffel down by the fountain and the one in the little gazebo there. Loot those, found some food and water, luckily, because I was running low at that point. Eat, drink, and then I proceeded down to the other UN truck, and then I had to cross the map because I, I needed to exfil at the at the cave. So I cross pier, and there's scabs down at the pier, loot the pier, find two labs cards, bunch of stuff in the safes, no one had been there, and then I kill my final scab that was running the road up by gas. And then I just ended up just exfilling straight down the street. I'm sitting here just like remembering the sequence of how these things happened. I don't know, man. I just, I feel like I've really struggled on that quest in the past. And one of the things I don't do very often is double back and stay on the map very long. And this is something that you're actually really good at is taking the right amount of time on the map to get things done and not be in a rush. 
And I actually really struggle to backtrack away from my exfil. And so I made that conscious choice once I had really good progression on the task already to backtrack and move away from the exfil and actually loop all the way back around the map. And I didn't run into any other PMCs, got to loot a bunch of stuff, got a bunch of great value and got the quest done in one shot, which I was kind of shocked. I actually ended up, I think, with 12 scav kills because I ran into another few down at the um, ambulances by by the cave there or tunnel, I think it is. So yeah, it was it was a great raid and it was a like end of the night raid uh, one night when I was playing solo and before the weekend. So yeah, that's that's the raid that comes to mind. It was awesome. What raids come to mind for you? Well, before I get into it, I got to ask you, how much time do you think is there before people start to feel like they need to exfil? Where is the timer at when you're starting to think, oh, I, I, I got to get out of here? That's interesting. I think for me, I have such a task focus, especially when I'm playing solo. If I'm playing squads, I'm not in as much of a hurry because usually you have to fan out, cover more territory to loot up. But when I'm playing solo, I can usually get good value in loot without hitting too much stuff. And so for me, I'm usually working towards an extract from the second I spawn in on the map, see where I'm at, see what my extracts are. And I usually pick the extract I'm going to work towards and then kind of pick points of interest along the way or where scavs spawn and check those and work my work my task to do that. And even, even if I have, for example, like a, a marking task, I will plan out which ones I'm going to mark in that raid that are on the way to the extract. So for me, it's almost instant. And I'm, I'm now thinking about what you're saying. And more generally, I, I guess I'm curious. I guess I don't know. I feel like I don't run into players later in maps. I don't know. I don't know if I'm unique or not. <laughs> I, have a, I have a pretty big sense of urgency the second the raid starts. I find myself this wipe really slowing down when I play solo. And actually, shout out to Boo Boo, member of our Discord, and he uses the full raid. And he's very good at it, at using all the time to get what he needs and get out. And I have decided that this wipe, when I play solo, I'm just going to slow way down. And what I'm noticing is, as the herd of players kind of advances a little bit more, the higher level people get, the quicker that they play, and the faster that they're running around and skipping around and jumping and making all kinds of noise. It's really interesting from a survivability standpoint because for me, it depends what my goal is when I spawn in. If I'm looking to do tasks, then I may not necessarily want to get involved in PvP or seek it out, deal with it if it happens, not seek it out in that particular case. But if you're going in to kill scavs and you're just kind of generally wandering around looking at the various scav spawn locations, but I found myself, in general, really slowing down and kind of getting behind the general lanes where people progress through the various maps I've been playing. I've been playing a lot of customs and a lot of woods in Shoreline. I find if I can stay behind the high-populated lanes that people mostly do, I'm getting PMC kills easier. I'm sneaking up on PMCs doing things where they're like, hey... Maybe you don't expect to see somebody at 14 minutes, you know, still coming towards a certain area. I've noticed that it's just a little bit of getting out of the normal play style and I'm running into a lot more people. Yeah, that's really interesting because as you were talking about that, I was kind of realizing that my urgency right now is very closely related to feeling like player scavs are still really dangerous right now, you know? So like I don't have great armor. 
you know, I have a fair amount of class four armors now, but there is no face shields. You know, the ammo I'm using is probably similar to what scavs spawn in with or player scavs spawn in with, if not worse, right? A lot of times you spot in on a player scav and, you know, you've got PS ammo or maybe you spawn in with an SVDS or a Mosin and they're really dangerous right now. And so a lot of times I don't want to hit those waves of player scavs because they're sometimes geared on par or have better ammo than you do in this early part of the wipe. And so some of that's from playing factory and dealing with those waves of player scavs after like nine or 10 minutes, they're super threatening. And so that's kind of carried over into other maps. And as I was thinking about what you were saying, I'm actually kind of opposite where once I've unlocked level two or three traders and unlock better armor and ammo, I feel a lot more comfortable being in raids longer. In past wipes, I found myself staying on the map longer. So I'm just, it's interesting to me because you're doing it maybe opposite, or maybe you're experiencing seeing people do it opposite. I've really seen it on woods and on shoreline. On woods, especially, basically people just go east and west on woods. And if you can set up on one end of woods, you can catch a whole bunch of people coming through. Now, maybe it's just because of where we are in the white, which could be the case, but it feels different to me. And it's maybe just because I haven't tried to do this in the past. On shoreline, where I've noticed it is in the middle of the map by the power station, there's definitely more advantage for you as a PMC to wait until about 25 to 28 minutes left in the raid and camp out in the middle of the map. You are going to get player scavs running around looting power station and also weather, also that stash that's underneath the bridge by the tank. And you're going to run into PMCs that are crossing from the far western that start in the swamp area going through those towns you're going to run into pmcs coming through there i just found myself i was behind them and they just really had no idea that i was there it seemed like they weren't expecting to see somebody there at that point in the map and so because of that i think it's a new and interesting way to keep the game a little fresh especially when you're doing the same tasks over and over again uh, that we've done for however many wipes we've played so far you kind of alluded to something that I think a lot of people are talking about and is also adding to my urgency, especially if I have a collect quest done and you have to survive. We're talking about seeing PMC scavs and the way players are moving, but the scav difficulty and, and how far they'll engage you is also adding to my desire to move quickly. Is that affecting your PMC runs at all? And how long you stay on the map, or is it adding to it? Is it causing you to be more cautious? Like, what, what is the scav change doing to your gameplay? I'm using the scavs to my advantage. And what I mean by that is I've had a couple of times on woods where I've used the scavs around the checkpoint area. If you're coming from lumber and you're going towards the outskirts extract, the last time I did woods by myself, I used those scavs, there was three, and I just hung out and watched. And I knew that those scavs were going to start shooting if a PMC came from that direction. And I waited for about three, four minutes. And sure enough, they all started shooting and it was a PMC that would have wrapped me and I would not have seen him at all or actually been able to know that he was there in any way. And so the scav aggressiveness, I'm trying to figure out a way to use it to my advantage playing solo as having almost another set of alerting to where PMCs are. That's really interesting with the kind of scav aggressiveness because one of the things that I used to rely on heavily was when scavs got into a fight or 
a player shot them or they aggroed on a player, I would expect that area to get really hot really quick, meaning PMCs would hear that from who knows how far away. And I would expect people to show up within 20 to 40 seconds because that was the indicator that PMCs are there. And I've kind of killed scavs that shot at me and then waited to see if PMCs come to scope it out. And no one's coming. (laughs) And I think it's because of the increased difficulty. Like people don't want to get killed by them. And I've had pretty good luck. Customs have gotten wrecked across the river by a couple scavs. And then I've had some sniper scavs just destroy me on both woods and customs. They're aggroed on me. I can't really do anything but try to move. And I wait for somebody else to get aggro and I don't. And I step out of cover and boom, I'm dead. So I, I really like your sort of thought process. And have you used their aggroing in a way where like you were able to see them even and see like what direction they're pointing? Or in that scenario where you caught the person rapping on you, how did you figure out where they were once the aggro happened? Well, if you can picture this, I'm looking at the checkpoint on Woods, kind of towards Scav House. I'm on that hill and I'm covered, but I can see the scavs at checkpoint. And then they look 90 degrees, so they're looking directly to the north, and they start shooting directly to the north. And so I knew that there was a PMC, at least one of them, coming out the way that you normally would come out outskirts, kind of in the middle part of the map. And the scavs are definitely tuned up this wipe, so much so that Battlestate nerfed them last week by, you know, certain percentages for the four different types of scavs that can spawn. And I found that using the scavs is just another way of using the elements in Tarkov to create opportunity. Like the environment in Tarkov has to be part of your strategy. If you're playing by yourself and you're having difficulty, you can start to think about use what the game gives you. I think in some ways they've designed it to do that. And I find the scav aggressiveness to be really interesting because, I mean, I'm dying too. I died on customs when we were playing together in a raid where I really was surprised the scav could head eyes me from that far away. I was laying on that rock that's kind of by gas station. And then if you go towards the far east side of that map down the road, about halfway up on the hill, I was laying on a rock while you were fighting and then marking one of the uh, UN cars. I was scoped in a long way out on a scav walking around, not a raider, a scav walking around the gas station, took a shot at him, and then he just looked at me and blasted me. I don't remember that happening quite like that in previous wipes. It was fine. It was frustrating in the moment, but then I thought, well, now we know how to use scavs to our advantage. Yeah, I I remember that. We got caught in between like six scavs, which I didn't think was possible in the first three minutes of a raid. I truly thought it was Rishala. It was definitely not. It was just scavs that had our number. You know, I think it was shortly after that raid, actually, you said something that has stuck with me. And you were like, you know, I really don't mind the increased AI difficulty. That doesn't bother me. But perhaps the different types of scabs should be worth more or different amounts of XP. And I thought that was really interesting because I do see a lot of people kind of talking about how it's really hard to get the Mosin quests done or the sniper scabs are too hard or the SKS scabs with PS are just too powerful. And then there's some people that aren't having any problem at all. But I'm curious about your thought process behind difference in XP, why that was your solution to this rather than nerfing. Because I don't think nerfing is always the answer. 
Because all nerfing does is just put the game back the way that it was and lets people meta easier and get to a point where they're just playing the same thing over and over again. Changing up the scav aggressiveness, I think actually makes the game more interesting. It definitely makes it harder in the short term while you learn what the new scav behavior is, but it makes the game more interesting and I'm all for that. I do think that one of the opportunities they have is to make changes like this and make things more time consuming or more difficult, but then make them more rewarding. For example, if you go out and you kill a scav that spawns, right? Because it's one of four different kinds of scavs that you can get. You get a hardcore scav and he's like running and like shooting at you from different angles and you're cover to cover. And, you know, you're like, wow, what's going on here? And it's just, it feels like, oh, it must be a player scav, but it turns out it's, you know, just an AI scav. And that's worth just as much as a scav that will just sit there and just shift back and forth in the same spot and wait for you to plink them down. To me, that feels not like the game is in a good balanced place. Because I think that if you can survive the AI that is definitely more tuned and going to come after you harder, you should be rewarded with more XP. Now, this system already kind of exists when you are scav running yourself. I actually killed a scav on interchange while I was scav running. And I thought, oh no, this is a scav. I'm going to lose fence reputation. I was like, oh, it is what it is. I'll just deal with it. And after I exfilled, I looked and I actually got extra rep with fence because it was a traitor scav. It was another player scav who had already killed a scav and was labeled a traitor. So they do have a system for rewarding scavs in a different way or scav kills in a different way. That concept exists in the game. And I think it needs to be brought into PMC consideration. I actually think people would probably enjoy the randomness of the difficulty of a scav combined with the promise or the hope of getting more XP if you ran into a more difficult scav. I think it would make hunting scavs in the map more of something that people would actively do. Well, and I think to your point, it also would maybe drive a little more interest in that end of raid screen rather than just counting like oh i got six scavs and a raider and rashala or i got four pmcs and two scavs similarly to how they name the sniper scav there now right everyone knows they got a sniper scav when you're beginning you may not know the sniper scav spawns so it's cool to kind of know that you killed a sniper scav but after a while you kind of get used to where those are on the different maps so you kind of know if you killed a sniper scav or not. This would be a pretty easy update in my mind to rather than saying scav on the final raid screen, what about putting what types of scavs you killed? That might be really interesting. It'd be a really good like, oh, I thought that scav was a, you know, the the hardest class, but it was actually the easiest, right? I mean, there'd probably be some laughs and some moments like there's no way that was an easy scav, right? And vice versa, you know, where you get that jump on a scav and you hit that one tap headshot right as you come around the corner and they don't even shoot at you, how cool of a little bonus would it be if you got that bonus experience? You know, like maybe you kill four or five scavs and you get out of the raid and you're expecting, you know, the old way was like two or 3,000 experience and you, you know, you hit 5,500 or something. That'd be a cool little reward and then drive some, maybe some more inspecting into that one kill screen rather than just counting how many scavs, how many players, all right, next screen, what did I get shot with, et cetera, et cetera. As they've added more detail to some of these screens, like specifically the the health screen, right? 
What did you get shot with? Where did you get shot with? Where did you get killed? That's driving me to look at that more. I, I would love something like that. I think it's a great idea. And just think of it like this. What if they tracked that kind of thing and then gave you a quest at the beginning of the wipe? Kill 100 hardcore scavs. And it just over the course of the wipe, you achieve that somehow you know you achieve that by because you don't know you just achieve that by killing scavs and and blinking away at that number as you work through the various tasks that get you there i think it could be very engaging to add a much more random element and a reward for that random element and so i think that they're on the right path by adding the random element to the game to make it much more engaging while you're in the raid but they got to catch up with the reward piece and maybe some analytics through task completion or something else along the way. Because right now, if you have to go kill 15 scavs on customs or 15 scavs on woods, and they're each worth, you know, 300 XP, but you're dying maybe 50% more this wipe because you're running into higher tuned, better equipped and overall just meaner AI scavs, it feels like something's out of balance. To wrap back to my original point, I would rather see a difference in the game like this than them just nerf things completely back to the way it was. Because I love things that kind of disrupt the meta and force people to use the environment to play the game, if that makes sense. You know, they're getting to this point where they have variable difficulty on scavs. There's now enough scav bosses in the game, roaming, stationary, spawn in different areas. They have goons or raiders with them that do different things. There's a pack of three bosses now. I mean, they're getting to a point where they have enough variety and enough dynamic engagement from AI to where they could really put in some interesting non-multiplayer but solo offline content. You know, they could make some really difficult or challenging encounters, whether it's for practice or, you know, some kind of, you know, weekly event that you could complete for rewards or experience or who knows what. But they're getting to the point where they've really developed some cool systems and some challenging AI. And I'm sure they could put that together in a rewarding way that may not be within a raid, might be outside of a raid. I just would love to see them dig into this and continue to make it challenging or finding ways to make it rewarding. And I think they have the assets now where they may be able to create some stuff without having to build a new map, right? Imagine having a once a week event or once a day event where it's like, all right, Woods offline daily quest, you need to infiltrate the lumber mill. But guess what? It's Sanitar, Birdeye, or maybe it's a random three bosses and you've got to eliminate 40 scavs or something, right? It could take a while. It could be challenging. But man, that would be really fun. Like, <laughs> I would love doing that. I'm just talking about it. I'm like, man, I want to go do that. <laughs> and, and they have the assets for it. It, it. They could make it any number of places on any of the maps. And they have the dynamic difficulty. You know, maybe your daily ones are relatively easy. But maybe your weekly one is really, really hard. You know, watching people compete and complete it might be really fun. Could be even a new content opportunity for content creators. What you're talking about, I love, I agree with. I think they have so much opportunity to put something more in the game based on this system. Yeah, I think that they could definitely, especially once the, you know, 1.0 version of the game comes out and we're starting to talk about 
longevity without wipes if they choose to go that direction. There is a real opportunity to create long-term achievable goals, whether they're weekly with like sub-goals. So let, let me explain this a little bit. So let's say you have a task. We have to kill 100 scavs. But every 10 scavs that you kill along the way, you get a reward item or an XP bump or something like that. Other MMOs do this all the time. This is really kind of a old concept in MMO design. And I think BSG could very easily adopt some of these very common static progression-based systems to make scav interactions much more interesting. Because right now, you are more afraid of scavs, maybe, or you're avoiding them, you know, if you have something. Whereas in the past, scavs really were... You had to know that they were there, but you didn't have to worry about them really hurting you that much after you got to a certain point. And if the point is to make scavs scarier, then I think that if you already have your item in raid, and if you're already, you know, got your two tasks and you just have to survive and extract, there should be more of a reward for engaging them. And the system just needs some balance. And if they can do that, I really think people will stop asking for a nerf and they'll start just saying, well, now we know that we can get more value from our time played by engaging scavs. I think that's a really good point. And it's not exactly a new concept, but it's one that now that Tarkov's really having different enemy types and different common enemy types, I guess would be a more specific way of saying that. I think they could implement something like this and and really start working on the reward system. You know, the benefit of still being in this this wipe and they're they're not afraid to change things mid-wipe. You know, we know that. They they they've removed all kinds of ammo from traders and scopes from traders recently. You know, all of that uh, sometimes is frustrating, but they could they could even mess with this mid-wipe. You know, maybe it's uh, certain types of scav difficulty don't show up for the first week of a wipe or only show up after, you know, 20 minutes of a raid has passed. You know, so there may be a, a separate type of reward for risking staying in a raid for longer, right? Where you can get difficult scavs if you stay in a raid longer. That way, the people that are questing or maybe they're going to, you know, a high tier PvP area and then they get out of the raid. And then if you hang out, you have an opportunity for more XP because you're risking your items, your loot to, to find those more valuable XP scavs. There's so many ways they could dig into the reward aspect of this, but it's really cool that they're looking at this system and trying to determine what the right difficulty is, you know, what the spread of those shots should be, how accurate should they be. But I think if there was a equal or reciprocal reward to the difficulty, I don't know that anyone would care about how challenging it is. You know, it's like, oh, I got killed by the hardest scav. Bummer. That would have been worth a lot of experience. That's a different story than, dang, those PS scavs kill me every time. <laughs> That's just never going to feel good. Yeah, I completely agree. And speaking of scavs, I can't go a full episode without just a hilarious and ridiculous raid story that happened to us on Woods when I was trying <laughs> I to we get Mosin kills. we were going to not talk about this. <laughs> we got to tell the story. This is just great because this illustrates just the craziness of the situations that quests put you in and then the forcing of, okay, you need to do a certain thing. Trigger and I run around in woods trying to find scav kills. We spawn on the eastern side of the map and we we're make our way over to the western side and we're hanging out around ZB14, looking back at checkpoint, looking back at kind of the boat extract, dead man's place, scav house, just, just the whole side of the map. And we're looking for scavs. 
And of course, we run into some scabs. Some of them are aggressive. Some of them are not. You know, definitely, just as we discussed, we got some random ones. But we're going in there and Trigger's intentionally trying not to kill them because I'm trying to get Mosin scav kills, which is a totally ridiculous situation when you're doing this with a couple of people. So Trigger's scouting. He's finding them. He's like, oh, oh, there's one over there. There's one over there. And we're at such a long range that, you know, Mosin's with an iron sight. Everyone's done this quest before, so everyone knows how it goes. It either kind of goes well or it just really doesn't. We end up over by the little lumber camp. I'm not sure if there's a name for that, but it's the scav camp that's kind of close to the boat extract. There's a little scav camp there with a pile of wood there. And there's a little, would you say there's like a shed in there or something like that? There's a shed. There's probably some loot in there, but it's mostly just a spot that you can hide in and shoot at things or take cover if you need to. Yeah, it's that it's that little hut. There's some weapon spawns in there. It's the old place where you used to go to try to find night vision scopes. <laughs> For anyone that used to hunt them there, that's where it is. Yeah, 100%. And so we're running around this area. There's maybe 15 minutes left in the raid, and we're trying to find scavs. And so all of a sudden, I'm not sure if they spawned or what happened, but all of a sudden, there was three at least in this area, and Trigger starts to get shot at. And I start to get shot at. And so I kind of wrap back towards, more towards checkpoint and triggers pinned down inside of the hut area. From your perspective, what was happening in that moment when you were pinned down in the hut? One of the important facets of this, this raid story was that in my mind, I'm coming in to hunt and find scavs and then let you blast them. So in my infinite wisdom, I bring in a ump with a red dot on it. <laughs> with no scope. So we kept ending up in these scenarios where, you know, I'm finding things and I, I can't really scope around and you're using an unsighted Mosin. So we're really, really failing on the uh, ability to spot things. And so in this particular point of the raid, I run over to that area and I was just kind of looting because we weren't seeing scabs or hearing anything. And I walk into the hut and I hear a noise outside and so I go out thinking that it was you. And then I was like, okay, I'm by the hut. I think you're just a couple of meters towards lumber camp. And you were like, oh, no, I'm by checkpoint. I said, okay, there's a scav near me. So then I hear that scav sprint a little bit, stop prone and loot something. And I immediately realize it's a player scav. I was like, okay, I'm going to go in the hut. There's a scav near me. Why don't you come over and try to blast him before he figures out where I'm at? So as that occurs, I then hear two more sets of footsteps and running. And then I hear the shot from one of them comes towards you as you're running up. So fortunately, I had a shot through the window and was able to put a couple shots into one, which caused them to kind of back off. But you had to go heal, if I remember right. And then I was stuck in this hut defending myself as you wrapped the other way. And I actually don't really know how you ended up on the other side of the hut or, or excuse me, how you ended up like 40 degrees in the other direction. But then I'll let, I, I want to hear this from your perspective because we actually didn't break this down. I just know that I had to kill one at one point, but you saved me at one point And I actually don't know how you did that. Yeah. So there was three scavs on you in the hut and they were all kind of converging from, I would say like the right side. So if you're looking at the map of woods and you look between this area and the lumber camp, they were coming from that direction, kind of from where the, the marked area is, where the candle marked area is. They were coming that way towards the hut. 
and I saw them coming, and definitely the one that you shot got their attention. One of them was for sure 100% a player scav because he was moving in ways that AI scavs don't move. I ran and wrapped and stopped and then just got on top of one of the little bumps in the ground, like one of the little hills. And I was kind of looking down on the situation and I got lucky. I turned and sure enough, he was standing like right in a good spot, took the shot, got him. It was a one shot for one of them. And I turned again and I shot and I got a second one. And then the third one, I think, was a player scab because he ran towards the coast. <laughs> yeah, and when he actually, that was the one that ran towards me. I didn't know if you killed the first one. And then you said you killed the second one. And as you said that, like, they were coming towards the hut. And one was kind of, like, behind a tree after I shot him. And when you shot the second one, you're like, I just killed another one. He freaked out and started to run in. And I just had a shot through the window. I mean, I saw two of them, and again, I had my ump, and I was sort of low on ammo. I potatoed a bunch of shots at one point into the tree as they were moving from right to left, and so we were kind of like ping-ponging them back and forth between us, but there was a point where I was like, there's a third one, there's a third one, you're like, no, I got two. I headshot one, and I killed the other one who was running to you, and so it was, I don't know, it was just an awesome situation. (laughs) What's, What's really funny is when you started talking about woods and Mosin kills. I was actually thinking about the scenario where we got caught shooting the checkpoint scavs and those two <laughs> those two players wrapped on us and destroyed us up by those weapon crates spawn on that big rock that overlooks checkpoint. And I thought that's what you were going to talk about. The one where I shot a full magazine of ump ammo into a tree and then got <laughs> the guy leaned out and headshot me. So you weren't telling that story and I ended up telling that story. So there you go. I mean, the tree had it coming. <laughs> yeah, that was cool because we actually didn't talk about how that, that unfolded. And that all happened in like maybe a 50-second timeline from hearing the first one to making the call to you backing me up to the volleying of shots and then me getting low on ammo and really being pinned down because, you know, there's barbed wire all over that area. I didn't know exactly where they were, so I didn't feel comfortable running out of the hut. And I also didn't want you to hesitating on shooting. So me being in the hut was probably the best thing for you knowing that you're shooting an enemy. So that was that was actually really neat. Yeah, I'm just blasting away, right? It, it was interesting. And it goes to show you the chaos that comes when you're doing questing, this particular quest in general. <laughs> Scav killing in a specific way. I don't care what anybody says. The quest is not designed to make you better with iron sights. It's, this is just one of those like chaos creating things, which actually creates a lot of funny stories. So I don't mind it, but it definitely gets kind of hairy in the sense of you're put in a position where you don't have your normal comfortable gear to defend yourself. So like I would never take a Mosin with an iron sight into a raid and just use that. I think it's okay that the game forces you to do this because we have funny stories like this to talk about. It definitely is not the way that I would normally play. So it was a good couple kills there. The other story you mentioned where the tree really got sacrificed for the good of the cause uh, was the same kind of deal, right? We were so hyper-focused on scavs, but the reason why we were hyper-focused on the scavs was because the AI is so tuned up. We had some really aggressive, like, holy cow, what are they doing? They're running around and ducking angles and trying to wrap us, and these are scavs, AI scavs. And so We got so engaged in that particular situation that, yep, those players just walked behind us and shot us. (laughs) Well, yeah, we're like, 
you know, again, I'm trying to not shoot the scavs. You're kind of taking shots where you can, but again, they were pretty aggressive and hitting a lot of shots. So there's healing and trying to reposition and it wasn't working. And then all of a sudden, like you were, I think, reloading your Mosin, which doesn't take that long, but it does take some time. And all of a sudden you get hit and we're on the backside of that rock. And I'm like, wait a minute, how did you just get hit? <laughs> and then I'm looking around and then sure enough, I spot a PMC and he's blasting Mosin shots into us. And so I charge him thinking like, you know, I got an ump, he's got a Mosin, he's got to hit a pretty crazy shot here. And I charge him and man, I played it so poorly and shot way too many bullets and just shot him into the tree. And oh gosh, that that's one I wanted back because I should have uh, just taken my time and shot a little cleaner. And But yeah, that, that one's going to haunt me until I till I kill another Mosin boy on woods, I think. That's uh, okay. Uh, remind me next time, I'll tell you a shoreline a story <laughs> that uh, everyone can laugh at me that's going to haunt me for this raid wipe too. I potatoed in the most embarrassing way, but that'll be a teaser for next next week's show. I like that. I like that. Well, we've definitely experienced our fair share of failures so far this wipe, but I think I've also been playing quite differently and also have been experiencing some success in different ways. So, you know, we normally like to close out on a tip or a thought, but I'm curious if you're how you're finding success and if there's any unique things or things that you're doing differently this wipe that you're finding are repeatable or just uh, new. Yeah, I actually think that finding success in Tarkov comes down to a couple things. One of them, it sounds a bit cliche, but is just deciding that you're not going to get upset by dying. If you're going to try something, be okay with it going wrong while you're learning something, and then be okay and have patience when things go crazy because the game goes crazy. So, I mean, that's just a tip to people who are like coming in like, what is this game? And we've all felt that. There have been days where I've gotten out of Discord and you're like, hey, Ronald, how's it going? And I'm like, oh, dude, this game. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just the way that goes. So that's just a word of encouragement in general for everyone that has a bad day in Tarkov because we all have bad days in Tarkov. That day when you said that to me was actually when we had that really cool woods raid. And I remember it because... You were like, ugh, this game today. And I, I'm coming off of a great scav day. I had a great PMC raid over lunch. So, like, I'm pumped to log in. And I just, I love that roller coaster. You were over it and I'm ready to log in. And I was just like, well, what, what do you got? Let's let's go to Woods and have some fun and I'll, I'll play Protector. And the first raid didn't go well. We we got flanked. But we had enough success that we we were uh, good to go in again. And then we had that, that awesome raid where we had quite a few scab kills, quite a few Mosin kills, and that was cool. It's sometimes really challenging to move beyond that. And I'm not saying that anytime someone's frustrated, they should just press through it in this game. Sometimes a break is the right thing. Uh, but sometimes, you know, playing solo can be horribly frustrating or it can be really great. Sometimes you just need to move to a two-man or three-man squad. Sometimes if you have that available to you, it's great. So I've used that. I've, I've, there's times where I'm frustrated, but somebody else just saying, hey, you know, what do you want to get done? Let's go do it. That can be really awesome. So Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes a break, meaning don't break your monitor, your mouse, or your keyboard. Just take a break and do something else. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say my biggest tip that I've, I would have is making money in the patience of progression for me. I'm just not in a hurry. I really am not in a hurry this wipe. I'm enjoying just scaving, making money when I can, and 
when I can full-on raid, it's great. And if we're successful, great. If we're not, at the end of the night, I'm just not as worried about it. And maybe that's because the game hasn't changed that much, this wipe. You know, introducing a new map is great and everything, but Tarkov fundamentally didn't change that much. I'm choosing to have fun by just not creating an artificial urgency when I play. And I've found that that's given me a lot more patience to stay in raids for the entire time, to try different strategies, to catch PMCs like I was talking about before, and use the environment in the raids in different and interesting ways. And I'm finding that to be fun. That's kind of what I'm doing, having fun this wipe. I think like once you unlock the flea market, if you've played multiple wipes and say this is your fifth or sixth wipe, once you unlock the flea market, you really kind of open up Tarkov to just do whatever you want. Because you can't buy high level ammo on the flea market and most people can't buy it. So you're going to run into some PMC fights, you might get some high level ammo and you can press forward to unlock all the high level traders and everything. But it's just kind of like, Once you get the flea market, you can basically play with the buds, do a squad, do whatever you want to do, and have a really good time in Tarkov. And when you start to look at it like that, I think the game gets more fun. And that's kind of where I'm at for the swipe. Yeah, that's that's true. I think especially, you know, veterans, new players, the flea market can be overwhelming because there's just so many parts and things. Whereas I look forward to it because I can start building guns the way I want to. And there's an expense to that, right? When I don't have it unlocked at a trader. It, it's really expensive to build some guns. Being able to put scopes on stuff and suppressors really does change how raids go and really the different play styles I like to play, right? If I want to play aggressive and, you know, running around factory like a crazy man, well, there's certain guns I like to do that with. If I'm going to go, you know, snipe around shoreline, it's nice to, nice to be able to put a suppressor on my ADAR so I'm not attracting too much attention. I'm going to keep mine really short, actually. One of the things from a success or tip standpoint, one of the things that I've done this wipe that's really different, and it's not that I avoided them, but I've made a really big point to loot duffel bags. I don't know what it is, man, but especially on Interchange, which I've been playing a fair amount, and, and on Customs actually as well, I've been finding insane loot in duffel bags. And I, I've heard this before, and people had success finding all kinds of stuff in there, but I found like five graphics cards in duffel bags this wipe. And for the first time, I had all my graphics cards going into the mechanic quest where he requires you to have three. And I found a lot of the new Kappa items in duffel bags. It's just something that if, you, if you're if you not really aware of where the duffel bags are on certain maps, I'd, I'd encourage you to look at them. I think they're super random in what's in them, but I've had really, really good items popping out of duffel bags. So I've made a point to stop and hit those, whether I'm scabbing or running on a PMC. And that's been probably the the thing that's changed how I loot the most is making my routes include duffel bags. I used to not really consider them as something to always hit, but I've been doing that and it's been working for me. So that's that's really the only uh, big thing. I've had success doing a lot of other stuff this wipe. Um, I've enjoyed the scav change. I like the challenge. I haven't really like forced myself into PvP situations yet. I've been pretty successful when they do come up, but I'm not doing anything really different there yet. And I haven't really messed around on the new map yet. So I'm sure that will cause me to get into some more unique PMC situations, but duffel bags, check them out. If you're not looting them, go do it. Let me know what you find in there. You know, one other last thing that I would say, if you haven't tried this, is to stay late in a raid on purpose and go find the airdrop that comes in with the 
airplane that comes in, you hear the jet noise and directionally locate where the jet is. It'll shoot out some flares and it drops a crate. Depending on the map, sometimes they're completely ignored and unlooted. I've been on some scav raids where I get up to the crate and I'm like, okay, it's probably empty, right? And the whole thing is just one big block for me to search. I'm like, oh great, I'm going to get shot here. Well, it takes an hour for it to loot or, you know, reveal everything that's in here. And didn't get bothered one bit. So sometimes crates can be really interesting and they're kind of fun to learn where they drop to because they can drop anywhere and you have to find them by listening where the airplane's flying and directionally and then you have to run to a high spot to see if you can see where the flares have gone off and where the crate comes down. It's an interesting thing to do late in the raid and if you haven't tried that or if you haven't understood how that works, it's definitely something to give a try. You'll, you'll see a big crate with a red flare and from a distance, you'll see a smoke trail that goes up in the air. And so you'll be able to find it that way. And it's a lot of fun. And sometimes there's a huge war right next to it. And sometimes the whole thing has been completely unlooted and it's all yours. And so I highly encourage everyone to, to try that if you haven't. Well, that's about it. I can see the green bar flashing, which means we are moments away from disappearing. But before we do... The best way to get in touch with us is in Discord. Go ahead and join the Discord and shoot us a message, a DM. We check those most days of the week. Follow us on Twitter. The various uh, socials are all there. But as always, thank you for being part of the Xville community and uh, being followers of the show. We appreciate each and every one of you, and we'll see you next time. See you, everybody. Thank you.